so that program was called Public Speaking for Awkward Dorks. And, you know, having identified myself as a dork or a goofball or a kook or all those things, um, you know, throughout the years, and, and everybody has something like that where they feel different or they feel like they don't fit in. And my goal was really to help people see that all of those quirky things about you, all of those, what, whatever the things are that make you a goofball or a dork or a wacko or a weirdo or whatever, that's you. That's what makes you, you. And that's what the audience wants to connect with. They don't want you to be some super polished, you know, um, no personality, no individual style. Uh, you know, people want to be able to rate, relate to you as a person and they want to know who you really are. So Welcome to the Amp Up Your Voice on YouTube podcast. This is the place to discover jaw-dropping ways to pump up your voice and create an experience for your listeners, either live in person or on video. Today's guest is Lisa Brickley. She has been speaking training and coaching since 1992. Her first six years of speaking were spent in high school classrooms teaching teenagers about domestic violence. Before that, she was a theater major and was on the speech team and performed in theater. Let's just say she's done almost every possible embarrassing thing that could happen in front of an audience so she can speak from experience. She's also worked for diverse companies like Microsoft and the National Association of Atmospheric Administration, as well as the National Association of Realtors of Louisiana. So let us welcome our guest today, Lisa. Um, so I want to welcome you, Lisa, to the show, and I really appreciate you taking the time out to come and really be part of the Amp of Your Voice on YouTube podcast. Thank you. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your history, because I know you've taught, you've done a lot in the communication world in, from the 90s. What is um, a little bit about your background? Because I know you also started in theater as well, and I'm sure that's helped and gui guided you into this realm. But you mentioned Definitely. you're an introvert, which is interesting. Yes, yes, I am an introvert. And you'll find that a lot of theater people and actors and performers are actually introverts. Because for a lot of us, we like to be able to put on a different character mm -hmm. or put on a different personality. And you don't feel like it's you on stage being vulnerable. Now, granted, that was for me a long time ago when I was in theater. I, I haven't really done any theater in a, in a long time. So my theater training was really good to, to kind of get me past the, the idea or concept of, of being embarrassed or, uh, you know, making a fool of myself. Because one of the things you do in theater is there are all kinds of exercises that you do and, and activities that you do to really put yourself into a place where you just you just have to face everything you have to face all of your fears all of your discomfort and so i learned early on how not to let anything embarrass me nothing embarrasses me it's impossible for me to make a fool of myself <laughs> not to say that i don't you know what i'm saying i make a fool of myself all the time but it doesn't bother me so the theater background really helped me with that but um I spent 16 years in the nonprofit sector. And in that work, I was out 
speaking and teaching and training and facilitating, doing community outreach and advocacy, and really using my voice to speak up and speak out for uh, on behalf of these organizations that I worked for and also doing a lot of teaching and educating around various causes like Title IX and gender equity and um, domestic violence and uh, a whole bunch of, of these topics that I spoke on in the nonprofit world. Because I, I was still running my own nonprofit at the time. I had started my own nonprofit and had been running that for probably 10 years, at, at eight years or so at the time. And this classmate of mine saw me speak for my nonprofit, the classmate in, the, in this um, self-employment training. And she came up to me and she said, you just, you're so comfortable on stage. You're so comfortable in your own skin. You look like you're having so much fun. And it just, it just looks so easy and fun for you. And I want to be able to do that. And that was the light bulb, you know, that went off in my head. Um, because I had spent 16 years learning how to build relationships with audiences. And especially talking about difficult topics like going into high school classrooms and teaching high school students about domestic violence, which, you know, they didn't want to hear it. <laughs> so she really inspired me to start teaching people what I had been doing and learning about for, you know, all those years. And again, bachelor's degree in theater, master's degree in education, and then all this experience going out into the world and talking about kind of difficult topics it all kind of came together and that's how I got to where I am now that I've been doing this now for 15 years. So that's fantastic. I, I think it opened the options for you as far as like what was possible. So I love that. Yeah, absolutely. The YouTube universe is so vast now. I mean, there's so many creators online and I love that term creators because it truly is an act of creation speaking, whether it's communicating one-on-one -on -one or in person or in group. What do you think, uh, talk a little bit about like how you feel it impacts change? Because I know that you bring that up a lot in your materials and your thoughts. Why is uh, it important and how can we do that more, whether we're a YouTuber or someone speaking in a Facebook Live on video? Speaking for change is a big part oh. of what you talk about, right? Yes. So how can we all, either whether online or YouTube, and video and communication. This is um, my big campaign right now. It has been for a while. It's been, I've had this campaign going for a while, but this year things really came to a head in a lot of ways. And I know- We're all that facing a lot of change, right? There's a lot of change and people want to be speaking up. They want to be speaking out about things like social justice and climate change and voting rights and, and all of these things. And People want to be speaking up about it, but they don't know how. And so they hold themselves back and they, they retreat rather than coming forward and adding their voice to the mix. And so what I suggest people do is just start small. Figure out what it is that's really important to you. You don't have to speak up about everything. You don't have to be super knowledgeable in order to speak up. Figure out what you want to speak up about and what's really important to you. And then find some good resources, find some good, find some books or some, you know, well-researched articles. I always say well-researched don't, because you know, here's the thing, people can 
go right on to Google. You can be giving your presentation. You can be in a virtual workshop giving your presentation and people are going to Google everything you're saying and they're going to call you out if you're giving false statistics or, you know, you haven't verified something. So this is even more important now because we're doing so much virtually that people are literally on, you know, multiple tabs while you're giving mm -hmm. a presentation. So decide what it is you want to speak about and what really um, speaks to you as a person. Do some, some research, find some books or some articles where you can find something that feels important to you and feels important enough that you can share it. Don't let your fear of being embarrassed keep you from speaking up um, and, and using your voice. Your voice matters and mm -hmm. your opinions and what you have to say matters. So don't let that fear of judgment or critique keep you from speaking out. No, it's so interesting. Well, one of the things that piqued my curiosity is when you mentioned you really can't get embarrassed, right? So how do people <laughs> get to that point? Because there's so many of us that are caught in our heads that prevent us yep. from, we have an idea in our head, we don't take action on it. Whether we wanna create a video or get online and start um, sharing our voice, what is one way that we can overcome that? Right. The two things I want to mention here. The first thing is to really be present with your audience. Always come, from, come at every presentation, every Facebook Live, every everything that you ever do, whether it's in person or whether it's virtual, come at every presentation from a place of service, okay? When you come from a place of service and you come from a place of wanting to improve the lives of the people who you're speaking to, when you come from a place of wanting to deliver relevant, practical, useful information, you will already reduce your nervousness a lot. Because when you come at it from a place of it's not about me, it's about you, that reduces a lot of the nervousness. And then when I say be present, this is a way to get out of your head and into the room with people. And when I say into the room, that can mean the Zoom room, right? But really get, get present and in the moment. And instead of letting yourself be all up in your head, let yourself, you know, feel your body, be in the room, make eye contact through the camera, and this is really hard for people. I was in, a, I was in a, a meeting the other day where one of the women who was speaking was like this the whole time, looking up here somewhere. And all I could think of was that she had another screen because a lot of us have multiple screens now. And, you know, sometimes I find myself looking off this way when I'm looking at notes. Now, right now I'm not in my office, so I don't have all the screens. But you have to be aware and conscious that you are talking to somebody right here and each person who's listening to you is an individual and they feel like an individual. So when you become more aware of being present and being in the moment and realizing that you're still talking to one person through this camera, that will help you a lot. It will help you get out of your head and just really be in the moment with what you're saying and really be thinking about how am I serving 
my audience the best I can. So that's kind of my overarching tip. Um, here's a second one, though. I'll just throw another one. Maybe this is three. Um, the last thing I want to say is the best way to deal with making a fool of yourself or being embarrassed is to do it over and over and over again. Keep getting out there. Keep putting yourself out there. Keep practicing. Keep doing lives or YouTube videos or teaching webinars or, or whatever it is. Keep doing it because you will make lots of mistakes. And the more mistakes that you make and the more times you recover from those mistakes and realize that they're not really that big of a deal, that's how you really get, um, really how you get over that fear of being embarrassed. Just put yourself in the position as much as you can. Yeah, I, that, that's wonderful ideas because really I feel, and I told people this, I feel it's like you're afraid of really like just a sensation. Yeah. It's not even, nothing's going to happen to you, right? right? <laughs> exactly. Nothing's physically going to happen. Right. So you're, it's just a sensation like that you're not going to be able to handle it. It's a, right. It's a discomfort. It's just, um, it's, it's, it's a discomfort with the adrenaline rush and the side effects of that, the dry mouth, the clammy hands, the racing heartbeat. It's really, people are more uncomfortable with the sensations of the adrenaline mm -hmm. and they're more, and they're more uncomfortable with just this idea of being judged. And, and there's a reason for that. I mean, it's biological. It goes way back to our, our, our lizard brain. Mm. Um, the part of us that is incredibly primitive <laughs> and doesn't want to be shunned and rejected from the group that we rely on for safety and protection. So there's so many reasons why that happens, but we have this big human brain and we can, we can override that. We can override those biological uh, you know, urges to, to run and flee. Yes, but we have that in as all of us. So we have to go against yep. those animal instincts that we have, but yes. We do, yeah, we do. It's the fight or flight. Well, exactly. what, I'd say, what I'd say, I'm curious, in all of your background and experience, who are the people that have really affected you? Maybe you could give an example of a, of a speech yeah. or a person you heard that, you really, that really resonated with you. This, um, what, what just popped into my mind when you mentioned that was um, the chancellor of UCSB. So I, uh, I live in Ojai now, which is near Santa Barbara, but I was born and raised in the Santa Barbara area and lived there for 28 years as an adult as well. So but I heard, your, of... I heard your speech about moving from there to, which was very good. <laughs> yep. Yeah, reluctant relocations. Very entertaining. So, I, you know, I've spent a lot of time working with different groups at UCSB and I was, I was at a conference one day where I was one of the speakers and at lunch they had, you know, they have various speakers and keynoters and they had um, the chancellor of UCSB. So this is, you know, uh, the, the head guy of this whole university and he came out and um, he started to give his, his speech. And then he took, he had it on a piece of paper and he took it and he rolled it up and he put it back in his pocket. And he said, you know what? I just wanna speak from the heart. And then he went on to deliver this lovely impromptu 
talk really meant for all the people that he has gotten to know on the UCSB campus. This was uh, in particular a women's conference. Mm. So he was speaking directly to the women of UCSB and, you know, and what they do and the work that they do and, um, his, and his relationship with so many of the people in the room. Mm. And it was just incredible. Now, so why this had an impact on me is that I see so many speakers, and I mentioned this to you before, so many speakers approach um, you know, their presentation not as a way to connect or to build a relationship, but as this, as this sort of one-way lecture. They call it a speech. I don't like to use the word speech because I feel like the speech, like speech means it's a very one-way conversation. So when people write a speech, I'm always, ugh, you know, kind of getting ready for this like memorized, just stiff thing. And I just really appreciated it that this high level person, the chancellor of the entire university, was not afraid to throw his speech away mm. and say, you know what, I just want to, I just want to connect with you. You know, it, I just want to have a conversation that you come from a place of, uh, you know, being willing to be flexible and spontaneous and in the moment with people. So give yourself a good, strong opening that you've already planned and prepared. Uh, prepare a good, strong closing so that you leave people on a real high note. But in the middle, give yourself some bullet points to follow. Don't memorize paragraphs or try to follow paragraphs or sentences it's really important that you focus on that connection and that collaboration and that conversation rather than getting every single word right. So for somebody like the chancellor who probably speaks off the cuff a lot, it was probably easy for him to put his speech away and just really say what he wanted to say on a personal level. But for anybody who's not used to speaking that often or isn't as used to speaking impromptu, still give yourself something very simple, a simple outline like bullet points to, to go from and really work on making that human to human connection. That's a good point because I think the barrier I think a lot of us have is just being uncomfortable. If we can get comfortable and just be ourselves, our best selves, we can communicate in that in our very best way with people and be more impromptu, be more conversational. And so I think you yeah. gave some good tips today also about getting in the moment and being more present with people you're talking with. Cause that's, that's essential than just thinking about the content because the content, right. it, everyone's, that's what I always say too, is that everyone's heard probably what you're going to say, but they don't hear your take on it or your that personality. So true. Yep. That is so true there. As they say, there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> And a lot of us are saying things that other people are saying. However, the, dif the differentiator, there's a differentiator between me and some other speaking coach. There's a, there's a differentiator between you, the person who's speaking about some particular topic on video or on YouTube or creating, creating content webinars and whatnot. There's a differentiator between you and other people. And that differentiator is who you are as a person, your personality, your spin, what you bring to the topic, your experience, your experience with the topic and your life experience. 
all of that is relevant. So I could literally be giving the exact same talk that somebody else is giving, but I'm going to put my own spin on it. And people, some people are going to want to come to me and some people are going to want to go to that other person. And that is okay. We're oh, all unique wonderful. and we're all different. Right. So, yeah. So, you know, let people be drawn to you because you, because you have embraced your uniqueness and the special qualities about yourself that nobody else has. Right. And shed that coolness because yeah. I, coolness is the most tight. What you really caught up in yourself is trying to be a certain way to fit in versus unleashing your best self in all its quirkiness, especially in this distracted generation where we're mm. all inundated with too much information that we could handle in any moment. How do we, when speaking on video, especially keep attention there are a couple of ways to keep your audience's attention one of them is to really make sure that your energy is up it's hard a lot of times for people to be sitting in front of a camera like this and to and to keep up their energy a lot of people sit here and they're very monotonous they don't have any vocal variety mm. uh, as we're talking today i'm sure the people who are listening can tell that both of our voices go up and down and we get louder when we're excited and we get quieter when we're being thoughtful. And, you know, this is, you have to do this on video because it's very easy for people to get bored with a monotonous voice. So there's that, there's keeping your energy at a high level. And I'm a, I'm a naturally high energy person. This mm -hmm. isn't easy for everybody, but definitely um, keeping up your energy and then keeping people's attention is, it's not about having to do, you don't have to have a lot of crazy technology. I am coming from a place of simplicity. Mm. Again, human connection. I'm not gonna say you don't have to, ha I'm not saying don't have all those things. If you like those things and you're techie and that's fun for you, but I don't want people to feel stressed out mm. that they have to do all that stuff to get and keep their audience's attention. Ask questions. Even if you're even if you're pre-recording, so I pre-record a lot of things, ask your audience questions. Tell them, okay, now this is a really good time to um, pause the video, reflect on this question or whatever I just said. Give people a worksheet. Give some people something to write on. If they're not with you live, then ask them questions and have them pause their screen while they reflect on the question and write something down and then turn it back on again. If you are live, then ask people questions in the chat, you know, ask people to share their experiences in the chat, ask people to, you know, you can do polling and things like that. But really just, I am all about keeping it simple mm. and really making sure that you stay on top of what your audience is doing and thinking and how they're reacting and responding in the moment. But just remember that, yes, your audience is going off and doing other things and you just, you need to bring them back. I'm not going to tell you that you're going to keep them from, you're not going to keep them from going on Facebook while they're in the middle of your presentation. You're not, it's not gonna Yeah, happen. let's face the reality of it. Yeah. Let's face the reality. Here's what I like to do in the middle of my <laughs> online trainings. I like, to, I like to stop suddenly and say, okay, 
write in the chat what you're doing right now. Whatever you're doing right now, in addition to listening to this presentation, write it in the chat right now. I'm not going to be offended. Yeah, it opens <laughs> everyone up. Oh, now I they have want, the freedom to be honest. I want everyone to understand, look, we know this is going on. I'm doing my best <laughs> to engage and to, you know, keep your attention. Um, however, I also know that you're checking. I have people, so they write in the chat, they're like, I'm checking email. Some people are like writing a report for work. Some people are cooking dinner. Um, some people actually say they're listening to me and taking notes and that's all they're doing. And I'm yeah. amazed at those people. But pretty much everybody is one or two other things. Yeah. And you just have to, you just have to have, you have to manage your expectations of what people are doing during, um, <laughs> during virtual presentations. You know, you really kind of hit on the idea that it's, there's a physicality of it too. Like if you get them involved, most likely they're going to learn, right? They're going to be part of it. They're going to incorporate it, asking questions that can elicit that as well. But if you can get them involved, that's number one. And it kind of circles back to what you were saying. If you want to get better as a communicator impromptu, public speaking, communicating on YouTube, it's getting up and doing it again and again, because you're going to get used to those sensations in the body that are kind of weird and kind of funky and yep. you're not sure. And that can help you, right? That can help you grow. Right. You're going to get used to it. You're going to learn to manage it, manage it. I mean, I do a lot of mindset work with my mm -hmm. clients. As a matter of fact, we talk a lot about how to prep mentally and physically for a presentation. And so there's, there's a lot that you can do to get yourself grounded and get yourself ready. And yes, the more you do this, the more comfortable you become. I also want to say that now that you have video, now that everybody has video of their presentations, now you need to start watching your video. Mm. I had many, many people over the years, oh, I don't have any video. I don't want to, I don't want to watch myself on video. Oh, I hate seeing myself on video. <laughs> Get over it. Get over it, people. You, you have no idea how you're performing if you do not watch yourself back. So that's probably the biggest tip I can give to anybody who, especially those who are newer to video, newer to doing lives and you know, live streams and, and um, pre-recorded stuff. I guarantee you, a lot of the people who are doing these videos are not watching them back. I know it. So watch, you don't have to watch every single one, but give yourself the gift of self-awareness mm -hmm. and watch your videos and see how you're performing. Because you will not know unless you watch it yourself. It's the greatest tool ever, video. And we all, like you're saying, are in this situation with the COVID. I don't know who's listening right now, if you're listening in the future, but right now we're in that weird time with the, the year 2020 with the COVID situation. So we're all on Zoom a lot. And what people don't realize is they can easily, it's free, you can actually hit record while the Zoom recording's going on and see instant feedback. So it's not like we got to pull out the tripod like we used to do. You can actually get feedback from how you're communicating in a conversation right on Zoom, and you can actually go into an empty room by yourself and practice. Yeah, pandemic has been, has had us on lockdown now for seven months, right? Something like that. And um, a lot of people 
jumped on right away and started le learning how to do virtual presenting. But here we are seven months later. And just yesterday, I was on two different um, sessions where the people presenting were not, there was no audience connection or interaction. There was no engagement. Mm. Um, lots of just lecturing and, oh and one way talking. And a I'm missed like, opportunity you know, in a lot of ways. And I'm like, you know what, you guys, you've had seven months, like, yeah. or, or longer. I mean, a lot right. of us have been doing this virtually. I've been, you know, doing virtual presenting since we called them teleseminars and we did them on the phone. <laughs> um, but, you know, you've had time now. There's no excuse anymore. There's yeah. no excuse not to be a better presenter. So, yeah. Yeah, I remember you saying in, a, in an interview I saw, I was just watching a few of your YouTube videos before this talk today when we were chatting, just so I know a little bit more about you. Yeah. And one of the times you were talking about how some of these actors only know how to play a part, but they don't know how to be themselves because they're nervous at the Academy Awards and all this kind of thing. Yes. And then oh, you were gosh. saying that, that sometimes you play a character when you get on, but it's more your best self character. Is that right? I love that you picked up on that. It's yeah, that really, really stuck favorite. with me. Yes. It really is one of my favorite things to teach. Okay. I really don't try to teach, you know, when my clients come to me, uh, I have had people come to me before and they say, I want to be like Tony Robbins. Yes. I want to be like JFK. I mean, they will literally come to me and name the names of people. And I tell them, you can't. It is not possible. Right. Even if you copied everything they ever did, their cadence and their delivery and everything, you would just be a mimic. Right. You would not be you. And I have used that example. For me, I get really nervous going to like networking events. Uh, I, I, I am an introvert and I get really nervous walking into a room full of strangers unless I get to be the center of attention. So wow. if I'm a speaker and I'm on a stage, I have no problem with that because I, I feel like everybody in the room is about to become my best friend. Like that, I just <laughs> see the audience as, yay, where I'm so excited to play with you. When I walk into, you know, a networking event where I have to kind of go and meet, meet all these people one-on-one, -on -one, yeah. it's very nerve wracking for me. So I taught myself a long time ago how to create a character for myself that was me as my best self. So when I'm totally confident and when I'm feeling great, when I'm with my, you know, people who I love and who love me and, you know, when you're in your, when you're in your sort of your zone, I put on that character and I walk into a room full of strangers and it allows me to walk up to people and say, hi, I'm Lisa and shake somebody's hand and start a conversation, which actually on the inside it's so painful for me. Mm. It's so painful. Putting on a character of my best self allows me to warm up a little bit. And then once I'm kind of warmed up and I've started talking to some people, then that kind of character, it's easy to melt away because then the real me is still there underneath it. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. I'm going to try yeah. that. Because yeah, it's being our best selves and building the energy of that yes. momentum once you get started, but in the beginning, it can be, you're caught in your head, you know, and you're not really free exactly. to be you. So I love it. I yeah. love it. All right. Well, this yeah. has been, this has been amazing. I love the connection and I love your energy. And I know people listening will be able to feel it, whether they're either listening or watching the YouTube channel. 
where can they contact I you? How agree. can they find out more about what you offer and what are some of the things you offer clients? Uh, CoachLisaB.com is the best place to start. At CoachLisaB.com, you will find information about my one-to-one individual coaching, mm. my corporate training. So I do come in and I do uh, training on public speaking and presentation skills for companies, and I am doing that all virtually uh, at this time. And then I also have some on-demand programs that people will see on my site. I have uh, a workshop on how to create your own exercises and activities. I have a workshop on go virtual and I have a workshop on um, eight steps to ditching perfection and creating connection. And that workshop is based on my book. So go there and you'll find everything you need to know about me. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Facebook and Instagram and, um, those are the, my primary places that I hang out and you can always find me either as coach Lisa B or as Lisa Braithwaite. I'm easy to find. Well, Lisa, this has been awesome as fellow creators. It's uh, amazing to have wonderful conversations and it was uh, wonderful for you to drop by. Let's do it again. I'd love to have you again. I would love to. Thank you for listening today to the amp up your voice on YouTube podcast. Please subscribe so that you won't miss an episode. 